and welcome to the Non-Negotiables podcast, a transfer special. Um, so we had a, a busy deadline day. Um, Marquinhos actually went out the day before to Norwich in a good-looking loan. Hopefully he can get some game time there and kick on. Cedric went to Fulham, uh, moved up, kind of eases the wage bill a little bit, frees up some frees up some space. Hopefully he can do well there and maybe turn it into a, a permanent move. Um, and then in the final minute, Sambi leaves for Crystal Palace to work under Vieira. Um, he's not one that I see coming back. I think this is one of those loans of a view to uh, a permanent move, be it with Palace or elsewhere. But um, we'll see how he gets on and, and hopefully uh, hopefully he comes back a, a more a more rounded player because I think we can all say we see the talent there. Uh, well, to discuss the big incoming, which was Jorginho, I have with me tonight Pascal. How are you doing, Pass? I'm good, Gav. And Justin, how are you doing, Jazz? I'm good, Gav. Cool. Um, well, seeing as this season's been so overwhelmingly positive and we're so happy with a direction and happy with a team, um, I want to end that way because I want to keep feeling that way. So I figure, first off, there was a lot of uh, negative reaction to this signing. Me and Justin were negative before it happened. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that because I, I think we I think we have to. There's been a lot of people on Twitter railing against it. You you can't be an Arsenal fan and be against Edu. You can't not trust Edu. But Edu and Arteta did bring us William. They're not infallible. Um, most of their deals have been good. And I think that's kind of where a lot of this vitriol come from. It's another ageing player from... Chelsea. Um, Jazz, I know you were kind of more aligned with me on this one in that we didn't think it would be uh, a great look more than anything else. So what what do you think about that? Uh, I'm feeling a little bit better about it than I was initially. Um, maybe it's just, you know, acceptance at this point. He is a good player. Uh, don't get me wrong or anything. I just, um, you know, there's something about taking these uh, these older players at Chelsea that I really just don't like. And maybe it's because we've been, you know, a little burnt with uh, Louise and, you know, really burnt with uh, William, but uh, you, you know, it just, it makes me uncomfortable, you know, given the the history there. And I also don't see him being able to just be like a one for one swap with uh, Partey either. Um, I think it's going to need to be a little bit of a system change to fit him in there. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little concerned, but you know, I mean, Looking at it as well, I mean, he is an improvement over uh, Sambi. He's an improvement over El Neni, I think. And uh, I mean, there's some positives there. But uh, overall, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty aligned with you, Gav. Yeah, I think that, to be honest with you, I think the negatives are more the fact that it's another player from Chelsea over the age of 30. And I, I actually, I'm one of the, I guess, probably few who actually think David Luiz was a good signing. Um, Louise came in at a time when we were an absolute disaster um, and, and I thought did pretty well. I thought Petr Cech was an awful signing. I thought it was an absolute disaster of a signing that um, and uh, Willian was what, what Willian is. So, um, Pass, I know you were more positive about about this one, um, but you what, do you think the negative reaction is, is more the fact, not necessarily the player himself, but where he's come from? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, touching on Czech there, I think it was also because he replaced Chesney. I think we all we all like Chesney. So that wasn't a, a, a great feature either. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I, I, I was, 
I think it's a tough one because it, it, it is got something to do. It's coming from Chelsea again. It's an aging player from Chelsea. Um, I really wouldn't want to do any kind of business with Chelsea unless they're buying our players for 150 million on 10 year contracts. But um, a player like Cedric, for example. But um, it, to be honest, I think um, I've, I've grown a bit like what Justin was saying. I've grown used to it. Um, I, I see this a little bit different to David Luiz and William because. I don't think they, especially Luis, Luis wasn't really bought in as um, some kind of uh, backup or a squad player. He's actually went straight in the first team. I don't think it's going to be the case with Jorginho from what I'm hearing. And from what I'm seeing, I mean, why would you replace Party anyway? The Party's been, been brilliant in our uh, midfield. So I think it's more to strengthen the squad um, in the sense that, as Justin touched on, you know, Lukonga, um, El Neni, he's a better player than them. I'm pretty, from what I've seen of him, uh, seems more accomplished. He's got that international pedigree. He's also won trophies as well. Um, and it's not an overly long contract. Um, it's a pretty, uh, it's an 18 month contract. Doesn't seem to, um, doesn't, that doesn't sit badly with me at all. Um, and it seems that Arteta really wanted him. That's what I'm reading. A lot of this was a lot of Arteta's endeavor on this one. Yes. There was partly that as well with William, but I think he's got to a point now where he gets a little bit of leeway in terms of who he's looking at and who he feels um, is good for the squad. Um, also, I thought it was interesting. I think Sky Sports did a player comparison. I'm not saying that this is all that you go by, but it's still pretty impressive when you compare him with Party when it comes to ball. I think he... He beats him in the department of total tackles. He beats him in the department of interceptions, ball recoveries, um, passes completed, um, and forward passing percentage. So that's pretty pretty decent. Um, and you wouldn't probably think it, but um, if that's anything to go by, then that that is that seems like a handy player to have in uh, in an area which we really needed a stronger. Um, back up for. And I know you hate that word, Gav, but, you know, sometimes I've run out of other words to use for players that will not be first team. Um, and at least it's some form of competition to party, um, more than I think Lakonga and El Neni brought. Yeah, I think it, I mean we we said last we said last week that it, it had to happen. It wasn't a, it wasn't a choice. We had to bring someone in. And we we knew when we went off air last week that it was gonna be probably over Caicedo or, or Jorginho. And obviously Caicedo couldn't get over the lines. Jorginho did. It, it's it's not that it's a deal that, that doesn't make sense. Like I said before, it, it's not the player. It's where he's come from. It's the mm. age profile. But the squad is in a completely different place now to when it was when when Willian came in. Um, Arteta is also in a different, different place. And it, it's one of them where really, if this is a successful transfer, he probably only plays five games between now and the end of the season. You know, you, you have to look at it that way too. I mean, I'm, I have no doubt that he will probably come off the bench a bit. I wouldn't be surprised, as you were talking about system changes. I actually think he can play that that single pivot. I I, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but it wouldn't surprise me in the last 20 minutes of games if we're one goal ahead, seeing him come on, um, maybe even for Shaq, although Shaq already comes off, but seeing him come on for somebody in that ball retention kind of way, because one thing you can do is keep the ball and move the ball. 
like that that's not not in question so the old death by three hundred thousand passes it wouldn't surprise me to see him come on late and take part in uh a little bit of that kind of stuff um when it comes down to the impact he's going to have like i said i i really don't see him playing that much unless he has to just where do you think he's going to be used what sort of games do you think he's going to be used in I agree with exactly what you just said. I think we'll see him a lot come on uh, to close a game out. I think as long as party stays fit and, you know, I mean, I'm sure all of us, uh, you know, have, you know, touch wood. We're all hoping he does. Uh, I don't think he'll start very much, um, but I definitely see him coming on to close games out. Uh, you know, I think between him and Jaka, especially Odegaard, they're, they're going to be able to to hold the ball. We'll have the lion's share of possession pretty much every game they're in midfield. Um, so I think he'll be very, uh, very handy in that. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can manage parties minutes a little bit better, uh, you know, having somebody like that be able to come on and kill games off. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be very happy or I'll be a lot happier with this signing if we don't have to see him take one of those dumb penalties as well you know that's something I'm worried about <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to be on penalty duties I don't think I don't think Saka's giving those uh giving those over too easy but the the minutes the parte minutes thing is is definitely interesting and this is why it's interesting to me there was a conscientious effort at the start of this season that Partey was not going to play two games a week unless he absolutely had to. I mean, it was it was clear that that was the plan. I think with the Europa League about to start again, that's going to allow that to continue past. Do you think he's going to start in the Europa League? Because I can see, I can see almost a two squad thing developing again, but a much stronger second squad that we can put out against a lot of these European teams and still compete. Yeah, I don't think he starts. That's just that's my opinion. I think Arteta would still start party, but even in the Europa League, has, I think so too. I think what 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 Arteta has been doing, he did that in the FA Cup as well. Is he'll replace party after sixty minutes, or maybe he'll replace him at halftime in some form of management of him. I I think it will also be dependent on who we play in the Europa League. If we're playing, you know. Uh, no offense to whoever that team is, but if it's a you know team from an obscure nation that we're not too familiar of and it's not one of the big ones, then yeah, he could potentially start. Um, but I think um, I think it, and, and to the FA Cup, I think Jorginho would have started that game if we had Jorginho in the team. He would have started the FA Cup game. Hundred um, so, percent. So I think he has a a lot more faith in Jorginho than he would have had. Uh, Elneny as well, to be fair to him, but he's injured, um, than he would have with Lukonga. Um, and I think that's really important because what we're looking at, you touched on it there, what we're looking at now is a much better bench than what we were looking at um, before the window started. And I think that's important. We, we've been a little bit, I guess we got a little bit underwhelmed because we're after Madrid, who looks like one of the most exciting players uh, out there in Europe, um, and then we get Trossard. So the, the, you kind of feel a little bit deflated. It's the same here. You, you're going after Caicedo, again, looks an exciting defensive midfielder, and then you end up with uh, Jorginho. But I think in the in, if we put it into context, I think we're going to be with a much stronger squad. And it's possible, Gab, but I, I personally still think he starts party. I, I, I feel he might manage it, that he comes off which I think he has been doing in quite a few games when he felt he doesn't need to play him. But I don't, I don't think he starts. Um, and if he does, it will be because the opponent is not a particularly strong one. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And just with like Jorginho, whatever you think of him, he's a, he's a guy that's, that's pretty much won everything, right? He's won the Euros, he's won the European Cup. Um, he's been everywhere, done everything, and he seems to be a popular guy in whatever squad he's in. Um, do you think with such a young squad, it might be a good addition off the pitch as well, especially if El Nelly's spent it? And we know El Nelly's like a father figure to the group, he's well loved. If he's going to be spending more time on his own doing rehab, um, has Jorginho got a job to do off the pitch as, as well as on it? I mean, again, he's a Portuguese speaker and we've got a lot of young Portuguese speaking players. Do you see that being a role? I do. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a pretty big role for him, actually. You know, you hit on it just uh, just a minute ago. But I mean, he's he's won just about everything, you know, there is to win in England. He's got uh, some international accolades, uh, you know, was in the Balloon d'Or running for the for the previous year. Um I think uh, he could be a, a big benefit off the pitch for sure. Um, with such a young team, having that kind of experience and that kind of pedigree, I think is always a good thing. And and with the average age of the squad being so low, I don't think it hurts us like William did or Cedric. Well, I know Cedric wasn't ancient, but you know the squad's so much younger now. We can afford to take a few guys that are in their late twenties or, you know, 30. So I, I think uh, that part of it, I'm, I'm happy about, I think it's a, it's a overall a positive. Yeah. And I think where the starting 11 is in such a, a, a much better shape now, you know, we, we've said this over and over again, but you can pick the starting 11. I can pick the starting 11. We're confident going into most games now. So, there's less work that has to be done on the starting 11. And this is where we've spoken about this a couple of times. It's going to be much harder for us to buy players from now on because the level of our squad is so much higher than it was two years ago. It was easy two years ago to buy players because buying players to compete for that first 11 two years ago, you were, you were shopping in a completely different market. If you want to buy players to compete in this first 11 now, you're in the top tier. And I just want to touch on this real quickly with with Edu. Now, Part of the criticism that's been aimed at him over the last few days, as ridiculous as a lot of it has been, it's I mean it's been moronic a lot of the, a lot of the stuff. But there still has to be a little bit of a worry that when it comes to the bigger deals, we don't seem to get them over the line. Um, the fact that we are now going to be shopping in a different bracket, uh, our targets are going to be people um, like Mudrick, like Caicedo, people in that 70, 80, and ninety million bracket, just just because they have to be. Um, are you a little bit worried that we're failing to get these deals over the line time and time again? It, it, it's not a one-off thing. You know, we've we've done it for a long time, tried to get the bigger deals. And it's great to pivot and go to the second option, but surely at some point we have to get to the point where we're getting the first options. Paz? It's slightly worrying. Um, I mean, I think... I, I just think that January is is has been for us particular I think in January it's a tough market, but I think for us it is because we don't we have a ceiling as to how far we want to go and push the boat out to buy a player at that time of the year. Um I will probably reserve judgment on him till summer because there's strong rumors that we're in for big players in summer. That could be Caicedo and that could be and Declan Rice most notably. Um I would probably reserve it until then. Yeah, there is a slight ap- uh, apprehension to go and um, be overly critical of, about it. I do... It does worry me sometimes, especially on this in this January, but I think this January was scrutinised a lot more because of the World Cup and it became so much more important for us to get players. I do like the fact that we did, though. 
and I don't look at the players that we got as terrible purchases. Yes, I I think every Arsenal fan probably would have liked a Madrid or a Caicedo instead, but I, I don't think we came out of it empty-handed. We still got adequate replacement, in my eyes, that are better than the ones that we currently have. Um, so I think summer's going to be a big one on that, because if we think of last summer, he went for Jesus, we got Jesus. Zinchenko, to be fair, wasn't the first choice. It was Martinez. So he kind of got away with that one because we got even a better player. Um, well, even, so I even think Jesus, that, though, I mean, we went for Vlajevic first. So even yeah, with those yeah. signings, I mean, you're looking at the fact that it worked out is not really what we're talking about. I mean, you know, mm, you know my son, I, would, I wanted Zinchenko from the very beginning, and I think Jesus is better than Vlajevic. So uh, maybe mm. the two targets should have been the one targets in the first place. But in both those cases, we missed the first target. And got the but, but most most of them, like for example, Vlahovic again was January, and I think there's this, um, you know, I but Martinez wasn't though. Martinez wasn't, but I think Man United were in for him. We didn't want to go in a bidding war with Man United. They had the Ten Hag effect, which he obviously was more accustomed to because he worked under him. Um, but no, that is a fair point. There is sometimes a worry that when we're going big on players, especially ones which are in that. 70 plus million we do seem to be coming short especially when another club comes in um but i look at where we are on the table at the moment and i think i i will reserve judgment until summer because if we become league champions all of that becomes slightly academic for me but um yeah. I, I you know i i i, I still think that I, I i'm not overly disappointed in him i would rather he do a bit more in in terms of that area but i think uh summer for me will be pivotal yeah, I think there's there's a couple of built-in excuses here as well with the targets we the targets we did have. Now, like I said before, it's we are shopping in that bracket now, so we have to accept those targets are going to be harder to get. Um, and this mm-hmm. time we were dealing with Brighton, who are a difficult club to buy from. They've already taken in over a hundred million this summer, uh, in the summer and the winter. They they simply didn't need to sell. Um, and then you've got Chelsea coming in like a drunk sailor, throwing dollar bills all over the place so it's you know it, it was a tough market it's a skewed market so I think we can you know I, I've got to say I'm I'm not particularly worried it's also a relationship as well Gav because you know there was strong suggestion that we didn't want to uh, we kind of damaged it slightly actually with Brighton but I, I think we didn't want to damage it to the extent that they wouldn't want to do business with us in the future because we have done business with them in the past so I think there's also that as well to factor in um, yeah, I mean, if a player's not for sale, want to sell. if a player's not yeah. for sale, he's not for sale. You know, one of That's our it. problems throughout the years is we'd say players weren't for sale when we were lying. Um, yeah. you know, we've been here, yeah. with, we've been yeah. here with Nasri, with Fabricas. It doesn't mean that, but for some clubs, when they say he's not for sale, he's not for sale, and yeah. you, you you just have to accept that. But I think the business we've done is good. Uh, I'm going to bring in our resident scout Justin here to uh, because one of the players was Kivior, and I know you've. Uh, Spent a lot of time looking at him today, and you you've ended up a lot happier than uh, than before. Pleasantly surprised. What what did you see, Jos, when you when you looked at the tape? Yeah, so I watched a lot of uh, key viewer today, including uh, even a full match uh, from last season to get or from this season. Sorry, against uh, Inter Milan, uh, he actually impressed me quite a bit more. Uh, not to say I wasn't excited about the signing, but I didn't really expect to see him much. I thought it was kind of more for the near future. Um, and we all know how uh, Arteta likes his left-footed left center backs. Um, 
But after watching him for, for quite a bit today, including like a full game, I was really impressed. I got some um, some real like Koscielny vibes from him in the style of play. Uh, he likes to tackle. He's very good at it. He, he times him well. Uh, pretty big guy, was imposing himself, had a lot of blocks. Um, like I said, a lot of uh, last ditch tackles as well when he uh, was kind of hung out to dry by a teammate or something like that. I'm sure we all saw today, too, the uh, reporting that uh, Chris Wheatley did about him breaking a few records uh, on the training ground. Uh, what were they again? Uh, it was a uh, sprint. He, he broke just about every record, according to Chris Wheatley. <laughs> he, broke the, he broke the sprint record. He broke the jumping record. I think he fried an egg quicker than anybody else. It was, uh, yeah, there were records falling all over the place today. And that means uh, he's beaten uh, Walcott and Bellerine, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, quite a few uh, speedy guys we've had uh, previously. So, I mean, that's really positive as well. I think, uh, you know, looking at his his size, I at least assumed he was going to be a, a slower guy, you know, more in like the mold of like a Pablo Marie. But uh, that sounds really promising if he's going to have a lot of recovery speed. And, and, and I mean, yeah, I'm a lot more excited about this signing after actually having watched him and not just like a YouTube compilation, but actually seeing a, a full match of his. I think uh, it's something to look forward to for sure. Yeah, from the way you've been explaining to him, actually, and, and uh, I'm guessing Pass will probably echo this, but the player that springs to mind is Martin Keon. Um, he's big, he's aggressive, he covers the ground quick, he's, he likes a block, and that's my, when you were explaining it, my my thoughts immediately went to Martin Keown because I, you know, we grew up watching mm. watching Martin Keown a lot. What past you? Can you see the uh, similarities there? Yeah, w- once we play them at Old Trafford, that's when I'd uh, when we play Man United at Old Trafford. That's one way of determining whether he's exactly like Keown. See him spank <laughs> Rashford round the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think I think um, I think there is parallels um, with him as well because but Mike Keown was actually deceptively fast as well, wasn't Mike, he? Mike as Keown a, was rapid. So, he was very yeah, and deceptively because you looked at him and you didn't think that was going to be the case. So I think it's that kind of that that parallel for sure. Um, but I know uh, Justin has studied him more intently than than I have. I'll be honest um, in terms of his attributes. But I do, I have looked a lot on what has been said about him, and this seems to come with really positive remarks about his uh, ability as a, a centre back. The fact, and I think we're going to see him as a very reasonable replacement for Gabriel. Well, stylistically as well, he sounds quite similar to Gabriel. You know, Gabriel's the aggressor, whereas Saliba's the other the one who drops back. And it, it really does sound like Kivio kind of fits that mould. Yeah. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, too, that uh, uh, all the big Italian teams, Napoli, Juve, and uh, AC Milan, were all interested uh, in a move for him this summer, had all already inquired about him as well. So it's not like we just uh, plucked this guy out. Uh, of nowhere and there wasn't any other interest there was quite a bit of of interest but you know there's there's just not the money flowing in Syria to make a, a big January purchase like that this year um so I think that's uh that's really positive as well I heard him described as is the best center back in Syria uh that's not in you know one of their top teams so yeah it definitely, young. yeah it definitely sounds definitely sounds positive for sure, it, it it does sound positive, and you know we all knew pretty much nothing about him. So, um, so thanks for taking a look at him, Just that's uh, that's some really good info, and it's something to something to look forward to for sure. Um, so if we move on a little bit, the other bit of news that came out is that we're going to be activating the extra year for Mo 
in his contract. Um, we've also heard that the injury, the knee injury, is probably an ACL, which likely rules him out until Christmas. So I think it's a, a classy move by the club and, and probably a necessary move by the club as well. It, it, it's not going to preclude us from bringing anybody else in. Um, it, it doesn't mean he's going to be playing 20 games next year. It's it's kind of a reward for his service. Um, obviously, he needs to rehab. He's gonna he's not going to be able to find a club while he's not got an ACL. So I think this is a a good move. Good move by the club, really. Pass. Yeah, I agree. I, it is. He's he's a very likable guy, El Nenny. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone can say anything negative about him. I mean, some of he's not on the field. He's not a player that we will think of as. Uh, you know, number one on the team sheet for sure. But I think as a character, I think he's very liked as a character for one. Um, he has experience. Um, and um, I think it's a good move by the club because I think in today's world, a lot is focused on... Um, so, for example, there's a, there's a, there's a very um, <clears throat> scrutiny on player loyalty, but not so much on what the club does for the player. And I think in this case, you got both. You got the loyalty from the player, which he has provided over the years and been a great backup. He's never made a fuss about being one. Um, and when he has come in, he's always performed adequately. Um, so I think it's, it's the right thing to do. Um, and um, I, I think also his influence in the dressing room will be, will be needed, especially for the younger players. Uh, so I'm all for it. I think it's, it's, it's uh, really classy move yeah 100 percent. if you want to be a you want to be a classy club which we obviously strive to be you, you have to make moves like this this is definitely the way to do it um so before we go on to to sum up the transfer window i just want to bring one thing up and, and jazz i want you to chip in on this because i know you kind of pay more attention to this than probably me and paz do but balagun scored a hat-trick last night he's now the top scorer in league for the for the year above mbappe and neymar um You've you've seen him a bit more than me and Pass, I think. So his season this year, I mean, obviously it's been great. And do you think he's going to be integrated in next year? Because it, it certainly looks like he needs to be. This is going to be a big decision for for uh, Edu and Co. I think um, it, it's really hard to call. You know, um, I think he's done great. And and as we discussed a little bit on the pod earlier this week. Um, you know, he does, I think, and Kedia and Jesus are more similar profile and, and Balogun, I think is, uh, you know, he offers something different. So I'd love to see him integrated, but I, I, I've been thinking about it, you know, even big clubs, even like Manchester City, nobody runs, a, nobody runs three strikers in their player pool, you know, and then imagine how Flo would feel coming back, being a nailed on starter, even taking their penalties, you know, scoring you know, what, what's, I think he's on 14 goals for the season now, you know, yeah. coming back and being third choice striker. Um, I'd like to see him maybe be loaned out to a Premier League club next season um, and see how he does there. I just don't think it's realistic to carry three strikers in the, in the player pool, despite even being in the Champions League, hopefully next year. I just don't think it's, um it's realistic. And I don't think it's fair to the player either. I just don't think he'll get enough minutes between and Kedia and, and Jesus. And even then, you know, it, it'd be really tough on, uh, on Eddie, you know, after he's performed so well in Jesus's absence too. So it, like I said, it's going to be a big decision. Um, and I think he'd benefit a lot more from maybe going out on loan again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good problem to have though. So um, all right, well, 
let's wrap this up with a little little summary of how we think the window's gone then pass give us uh, a little a few words and a, maybe a mark out of 10 um i think it's it's uh, for me uh, uh, oh, it's a difficult one because obviously it was a bit of a roller coaster i would think you know the mudrick took up most of that um and then unfortunately it wasn't uh, the outcome we were hoping for um, but I've been really impressed with Trossard, that's who's come in and uh, I thought was excellent in the FA Cup um, and actually he did a good cameo against United. So I think he's going to be really important for us. Um, I think um, uh, Kivior, um, I think will will provide good backup for Gabriel. So that's been addressed because I know Holding would sometimes play on that right-hand side and he always wants a left-sided player. Um, the loans, I think, are all smart, very smart for us, uh, Marquinhos and, and Sambi in particular. Um, and um, obviously, the uh, the final one was Jorginho. Again, we've talked about that. I, I'm not averse to it at all. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the fact that we have a very... Um, a player with pedigree and that can come in um, and hopefully do a job if party is is out or suspended or injured um, for whatever reason. So um, I would give it, I'd give it a seven. That was my opinion because um, it maybe wasn't the players we wanted initially, but we did fill those areas that we needed to fill. Solid seven from pass. What about you, Just? I'm along the same lines as Paz. I'd give it a seven as well. Uh, you know, a little bit of negative marks because we weren't able to get our our, our first our first choice targets in like Mudrik and Caicedo, but uh, we still addressed our areas of need. We had smart loans out, and uh, and then we didn't really touch on this, but you know, we we've got a, a Martinelli contract extension as well, which I, I think is a, a positive. So I think it's a solid seven. Um, you know, could have maybe been a little bit better, but but still uh, very solid and addressed every you know all the areas of need. Yeah, I would, I would, I would go with it. I I might even give it an eight. You know, and I I think that the only reason to mark it down to a seven is because we know that the players we ended up getting in in Trossard and Jorginho weren't the first choice. I think if we hadn't had a very public pursuit of Mudrick and a very public pursuit of Caicedo, then this would be an, an eight window. Um, I think the loans out are smart. The players in are players of, of need. We really, the only position really I can see that we haven't addressed, and in fact, we weakened by setting Marquinhos out, although he was never going to play, is the, the cover for Saka. Um, that really is the the only position now that hasn't that hasn't been addressed by this. So I think it's a I think it's a solid window. I'll I'll go with you guys with a seven, but like I said, I do think it had the potential to be an eight. Um it was just that we didn't get the two main ones and you know, and it, there's always that little bit of disappointment when you don't get your first your first targets. All right, well thank you for joining tonight, boys. It's been a, a good chat and um we will oh, where uh, where are you guys watching the uh, watching the Everton game? Have you uh, you just watching at home? It's an early start for us. Um, yeah, probably yeah, home. In bed. Yeah, in bed. Nice, <laughs> nice. I'll be, I'll be getting up. I won't be watching it in bed. I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be screaming too much at the TV, and the the dogs and the missus will be very upset if I do that in bed. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be getting up with uh, several cups of coffee. So, okay, boys. All right. Well, thank you, and um, we'll pick it up next week after the Everton game, um, when hopefully we've got more good news because we're a good news podcast these days. So. <laughs> 
Goodbye, boys. Indeed. Goodbye. Bye, Goodbye. Bye, everybody.